Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Klug, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we have uh, we have an interesting app on tap. Uh, but before we dive into these controversial topics, I want to dive into business. Uh, because we are three businessmen. We are good at business. Uh, and we have a sponsor, Pipe. So lay the sponsor on us. Uh, but before you do, uh, Ligaris Roasters, Happy Rant Signature Blend Coffee, um, it's the best coffee in the entire world. I don't think it's hyperbole for me to say that. I actually feel really comfortable saying that. Uh, so go to happyrantpodcast.com, uh, grab a bag of Ligaris Roasters Signature Blend Coffee, and you will be glad you did. Uh, Piper, they're also going to be glad to see this new Bible that we have from this week's sponsor. So tell us yeah. about it. That's right. And I actually just got my second pound of Lagars Roasters literally 30 minutes before we started recording this. And so I'm, I'm about to be that much happier. Um, our other sponsor this week is the Christian Standard Bible brought to you by Broadman and Holman Publishers. Um, it is a, it is a new Bible version. Uh, it, it is a significant revision of the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which most people have never heard of because it was a pretty small one. So it's a significant revision of that, um, bringing together textual accuracy and readability. And one of the big things that they would love to do is introduce this Bible to church leaders and pastors who are making the decisions about what Bible to preach out of, what Bible to teach out of, and then what Bible to have the, to kind of bring the whole congregation into, because obviously it's beneficial if a pastor is teaching out of a text to have everybody reading out of the same text, whether it's the app on their phone, the Kindle edition, or a hard copy. And so what, they, what they're offering, if you go to csbible.com slash review, csbible.com slash review, if you are a pastor, you can get a free copy of the Christian Standard Bible sent to you so you can look at it, you can dig into the text, use it as part of your study, your sermon preparation, and just see what it would be like for your congregation to use this. Um, because obviously in translations, there's this whole range from the super literal translation, like the NASB, which reads like not English, over to like the New Living Translation, which is a very much a paraphrase. And it's more of an idea. It, it shares the ideas of scripture, but not so much the word for word. The goal of the Christian standard is to land on complete readability with complete accuracy. And obviously that's, that's a, that's a difficult challenge, but I use this. I love it. I think it's really helpful. So go to csbible.com slash review. If you're a pastor to get, uh, to get that free copy to consider using for your church. If you're just interested in the Bible as a whole, uh, you can just go to csbible.com and there's a whole about section. It lists all the various editions they have. They have study Bibles and children's Bibles. They have a, um, a Bible by She Reads Truth. So that, that devotional, uh, community there. And it's, it's a beautifully designed Bible. You can actually read through the text and familiarize yourself there. So again, that's just csbible.com and check out more from them. Boys, I want to talk about something. Uh, I want to talk about the movie Mean Girls, but I want to do it in the context of us uh, because, Piper, you got two uh, relatively pointed and, and, and interesting emails uh, comparing our show, our personas, uh, to those of the – was it 90s or early 2000s that Mean Girls came out? I don't even I think remember. It was, I think it was early 2000s. All right. Yeah, we'll say early 2000s. It feels like a 90s movie to me, but but I think it's early 2000s. Um, anyway, the point being, 
these writers compared us to like the reformed version of Mean Girls. And one guy did a thing which I love, which is he he made a point of writing to you uh, to tell you that he felt convicted to quit listening to our program. Um, which is just a right. fascinating and, and he and, could no longer abide us, so therefore he was telling us that he wasn't going to listen anymore. I'm I sorry, love when sir. These guys do this. We will miss you. I absolutely love it. I feel like is that a reform guy thing or just a Christian thing? I I think it's just like a cranky internet thing because I you get the same thing online where you'll see people who like they'll tweet at like Scott Van Pelt from ESPN and be like I'm not following you anymore. You uh, know he's he's like you know, okay. I'm sure just crushes the spirit of Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, right before he goes and makes $100,000 per episode of SportsCenter or whatever it is. Exactly. So here's the thing, man. One one serious note and then one uh, like kind of ha-ha thing, and then I want to throw it to you guys to get your take on this. But um, I truly don't want to be a douche on this program, and I feel that – I feel like I have a somewhat sensitive conscience toward that, um, and I feel for the most part that um, that we do a pretty good job of, of not being – that um but i also like i'm really glad this guy quit listening um <laughs> in, in that in that sense maybe i'm glad he told us even though i think it's stupid and i'm sure that came through when i when i uh shared the little anecdote about him reaching out to tell us that he'd quit but but i am i'm truly like thrilled that he's quit um what, what do you make of this pipe what do you make both of the mean girls comparison and of people like reaching out to say that they've quit you uh well yeah, the Mean Girls one was – anytime someone accuses us or me of being mean, mm-hmm. I, I have I have a split reaction because on the one hand, I very much agree with what you just said and that is I don't want to be that kind of person. Right. But the other side is I, I suspect they, they have a sense of humor that uh, – or maybe they don't have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They have a sensitivity that does not allow them to resonate with the kind of humor we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I don't know. I, I have to kind of balance those and go, OK, well, did we cross any lines? Were we overly snarky about things? I'm sure the answer has to be yes at some point because we're far from perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I will also say that Ted is the only one on this podcast in its two plus year history who has come back after we've recorded and told me, hey, can we cut that joke? Because I don't think that was the best one to go on the air. So I can attest to Ted having an actual conscience about this. Um, <laughs> I have not done that. So I don't have that. And Ronnie hasn't made jokes that need to be cut. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I, I hope we're not that way. I agree with you on that. And then in terms of telling us that, we're, that you're unfollowing, like, it, I feel like if you want us to be better at what we do, then you should engage in a conversation, not just say, you stink, I'm leaving. Actually, I'm not, I'm not even interested in the conversation, <laughs> truly. Like, <laughs> well, I didn't say I was interested. I was saying yeah. if they're interested, if they really want to engage us on this, then yeah. engage us. Don't just leave. Yeah, it's such a funny thing. Um, Big R, what do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Pipe. I mean, I think, you know, I think when you're doing something that, that verges on sarcasm or is just, you know, straight up sarcasm like we tend to do on the program – I mean, I think you're always in danger of offending, um, you know, uh, and I, I think it's because, you know, we're I mean, we're doing a lot of satirical things, too. So, you know, we're making fun of things to point out the ridiculousness of them. I think the other thing that and I always tell this to people that I talk to 
you know, off the air that, that, um, you know, kind of share their thoughts about the program. I always just say, look, you, you guys got to understand, like, we're, we really don't take ourselves that seriously. You know what I mean? And so like, no. when we're like, when we're going off, like, like literally, like we've probably all forgotten about everything we just said, like four minutes after we sign off with each other, you know? Dude, what's, and, what's funny to me is that you have people coming at you in your real life, like wanting to like talk about the program, wanting to discuss it. Like nobody does that with me. Um, I mean, at, at the very most, I get people who are like, Hey, I listen to your program and I like it. Nobody's ever like, you know, well, well, let's, can we, can we really like, can we go deeper? Can we discuss like, like nobody ever does that to me. And maybe it's because a, they're afraid of me, which would be great. Actually. Like I want to, <laughs> that dynamic. or B, maybe you get it. Cause you're a man of the cloth, you know, and there's a sense of like the standard is higher for you. I don't know. Yeah. I think people get a kick out of it, but you know what, man, nobody wants to go deeper. So I don't, I don't ever get into any conversations that go deeper, but it's yeah. funny. Like when I'm talking to somebody, um, I always just make sure I like, I qualify it, you know, yeah. not because I'm afraid. I just go, I go, Hey, like, you know, you know that the whole program is us just having a good time, not taking ourselves very seriously. And, um, and we think that's valuable to offer within sort of like the, uh, you know, within the tribe and the scene that we sort of operate in because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's real low humor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, we just think it's kind of something fun to offer, you know, reform dudes that, that actually can laugh at being reform dudes. And, uh, and I said, so I was kind of double check that to make and to sure to be fair, laugh like, at all the other reform dudes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, the other thing about this and the other thing about a guy writing in to say that he's quitting, this is free. Like this is entirely <laughs> free. He's paying zero dollars to consume this. I mean, yeah, it, 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 we we got another criticism two or three weeks ago, and it was this was a much more mild one, and it was a really kind of funny interaction because somebody somebody jumped on Facebook and said something like, "Why does every episode have to have three minutes talking about coffee?" And I just responded through the Happy Rant page and said, "You know, so sorry that this completely free and <laughs> utterly voluntary entertainment source that's delivered directly to your mobile device mm. doesn't." meet your standards requires you to sit through three whole minutes of of coffee talk that you can easily like scroll through to that person's credit he responded with lol i would expect nothing less from you guys love the show thanks so he he was he was a super good sport about it um the guy who left uh apparently not such a great sport dude he left very dramatically you know he he like slammed the door in a huff i love it (laughs) I, i wish he would have I, I love the image of him leaving in a huff. I know. I, yeah, I wish there was a way to sort of digitally slam a door. <laughs> I wish I knew what it's, he looked like. You know, I, I bet you do. What do you think he looks like? Um, gosh, what do I think he looks like? I bet there are khaki pants involved. There are khaki pants. There's a lot of kids. Um, really? His arm is around his wife in his Twitter profile picture. Um, he's I'm, ge- a, I'm guessing there's a there's a branded polo shirt of some kind, probably from shirt. a conference or like. Uh, I don't know, like a Bible software company or something like that. He's an associate pastor <laughs> and, and a blogger. Dude, and well, you know, I just, I really don't think this is. You know, you know what's funny though, man, is like yeah. when, I, when I'm thinking about this, when I'm sort of reflecting on this, right? It's, um, mm-hmm. I think that I, I've, pro- I, I've not made a lot of enemies in my life. And, and I've, you know, but I think the few that I have made, right? Or the people that have sort of stomped out in a huff, I think it's always been like a misinterpretation of my humor. It's never mm. it's, it's never of anything I think that that really has any like 
substance that really matters. It's You're usually, not trying hard enough. Well, you know what I'm saying. It's just like, it's never, yeah, right. I, I probably not, but <laughs> it's, it's uh, I, I'm trying to try not so hard, right? But to lose all my friends, uh, like you guys apparently are all the time. But, um, but what Dude, you know, no, I, I, I never have any conflict in my life, truly. Like, I, I really don't, this is not a thing I deal with. Right. I rarely do either. But when I have, it's so interesting, like just thinking about it. It's usually because somebody's like, I I don't like what you said. And it's me arguing. No, no, it was literally it was just being funny. It was just Mm -hmm. a joke. And them lacking so much like sort of, you know, the ability to understand like a sense of irony mixed with humor that they're just they're out and they don't even want to hear it. And I always find that to be so fascinating. Right. And you know what? You know what the great thing is in all seriousness? There's plenty of podcasts for that person. Like. This guy will have the, the no fun podcast, like yeah, reform podcast. Have I mentioned that one before? There's guys? no end to podcasts that are not fun. You know, like he he could, he could spend the rest of his life checking out those podcasts. So it's, it's yeah, and and like every church now podcasts their sermons. If you're looking for lengthy excursies on stuff that are not super entertaining, every Monday morning go get it. Is that where did you? Where did you? When did you make up that word? <laughs> well, excursus is a word. I'm just assuming excursus is the uh, is the plural. plural. Uh, yeah. I think it's right. If not, you know, we'll go with it anyway. Guys, because- I might have to announce my resignation because this podcast is becoming too smart for me. Yeah. Boys, I want to talk about another topic, and this is one that we touched on last week briefly in our discussion of when people leave churches. Uh, we talked about it from the pastoral standpoint. We talked about it from the standpoint mm-hmm. of the guy in the pew, and that is this language of calling. Um, You know, when Christians do things, uh, we often say that we were called to this or that, and it often becomes the word which people can't argue with. You know, it's sort of like playing the God card. It's it's the last word. If you say that you were called to do something, uh, then you automatically have sort of an ironclad uh, defense for whatever it is that you've done. And I think the folks that wrote in, the folks that wanted to hear a little bit more about this, wanted to hear it from the standpoint of, um, when people in ministry feel called to different things, what does it actually mean? Um, I'm going to be the cynic, and in doing so, I'm going to say typically it means uh, I've been offered more money or a bigger platform somewhere else, and that tends to typically sync up with this feeling of being called to that new place. Um, now, that's a that that's cynical big T uh, kind of giving my take on it. I want to hear what you guys think about it. Ronnie, as our as our resident reverend, do you want to jump in on this one first? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, Big T, there's, I mean, there's definitely pr- some truth to that, right? I mean, I was, you know, I, there's there's going to be some guys that are chasing after the uh, the platform and the numbers and um, the dollars. There's no doubt about that. The problem is, is how do you assess that? And I think uh, I think that's where the that's where the that's where the problem comes in with the word call is that um, it requires a little bit of assessment. So when somebody says, hey, man, I feel, I feel called to do this, you got to say, well, let's, let's like lay out what some of those reasons are. Let's get some affirmations, some confirmations, and uh, let, let's, let's assess that call. But yeah, but if somebody, but if you got to do like we were talking about last week, who's just leaving and all he has to do is say, I feel called and it doesn't matter because I'm going anyway, then that, there, you know, that in and of itself could be problematic, right? But isn't, I mean, isn't that most ministerial transitions? I mean, I realize we're kind of back to the topic of last week, not the more general sense of calling, but isn't, isn't that most ministerial transitions? Somebody's at a church of 800 and they, they get a job offer from a church of 1600 and their salary jumps by 40%. And that can all be 
presented as as an increased ministry opportunity. Yeah. But it's really just a better job. Mm. I mean, it's and it, I don't understand why pastors can't say that. It's a better yeah, like job. I'm leaving for a better job. I can say that. I'm in a publishing company. If somebody offered me like the the vice president of marketing at another publishing company and my salary jumped by 40%, uh, I would not have to say I am called to this. I would say that's a sweet job offer. Yeah, yeah because yeah. yeah, because you're not yeah, the calling for an elder is that they can't be, you know, greedy for money, motivated by money. So there's always that there's so always that to, so they have to so they have to lie about it. Right. They're allowed to be liars. They're just not allowed to be motivated right. by dollars. Right. But there's, this this there's here's a big the difference. Thing, here's the thing about calling that, that I've noticed. A friend of mine pointed this out and she we were talking about uh Nashville which is, you know, mm. it is perceived as a very cool city and sort of a, it's a destination place. And she was talking about the number of people who are called to Nashville and mm-hmm. called would definitely be in quotes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, nobody's called to Nashville. People just want to live in cool places. Right. Nobody's like, getting called to Memphis. You right. Know I mean? Believe me, I'm, a, I'm closer to Memphis than I am to Nashville. See, and what's I more, would, I... I would believe that Ronnie was called to his current location because were you not in Southern California prior to this? Indeed. Ron? Yeah, yeah. So Southern California to mid-sized town city Ohio mm. is not perceived culturally as an upgrade. Now, and Ashland so it's a very glitzy and glamorous place, Pipe. <laughs> you know, having, having never been there. Because it's not a destination city, I mm-hmm. don't know that to be true. There, but there's that, frozen that, yogurt. There's a coffee shop. Um, Ron, what am I forgetting? Oh man, you're. I mean, you're just. You've already said so many things. I'm already lost in the shuffle of your of your of your words. I know, you know that. I feel overwhelmed right now. It is Ashland. Absolutely. Yeah, but so what you're doing, pipe though, and I don't disagree. I'm just I'm just kind of going with the flow. What you're saying is that for it to be a true call means it needs to be a downgrade and an upgrade. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of guilt for dudes in my vocation that don't want to look like they're going to something that other people can perceive as being better in all the different ways. You no, know what I'm, I mean? I didn't, I didn't mean it as it, it's only a true call if that's the case. I just feel like if callings were true, that would more often be the case. Yeah, and I think – no, I think that's spot on. But I think um, – you know, I, I think it's complicated, though, isn't it? Because I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, if you're talking, okay, because we should we should separate call. If you're talking about a pastoral call, I think what I think is, and we talked about this last week, even with your pops, right? I mean, I think I think men should do everything they can to stay where they are, and I think it needs to be a really obvious thing when opportunities arise or door opens, and you got a lot of people that are surrounding you and they're weighing in and they're saying, Hey, it just looks like this is your next step. But, but I, and I think you can go slowly with that and you can get some good affirmation with that. But just in terms of throwing out that phrase, just to justify anything you do, the reason why we use the word calls because it carries a lot more weight than just, I want to, or I, where I decided, I decided. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, like Ted said, is it's like playing the God card. I think that's exactly what it is. It's like it's mm-hmm. it is. We're not comfortable saying God told me, so we say I was called, which is the exact same thing as saying God told me. You're just not using language that makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> They're the, the exact same thing. Unless you're it's a crazy thing, man. The only times in my life where I've ever felt sort of directly called to something or directly sort of communicated with by the Holy Spirit, if you will, it was always times that I've been called to confess sin. It's never been like, 
Lord, tell me which job to take. And then I just feel really compelled. Like that's always been nebulous. It's always been just up to my own logic. Yeah. Like even moving down here, which I feel like uh, as much as any job could be was God's will in that I love the work and we love it down here. And it just seems like a perfect fit. There wasn't this really strong sense of I have to do this. Um, the only time I've ever gotten that spiritually has been, you know, in the in the context of confession. And I think all too often we throw we throw this word calling around as though it's like a direct mandate from the spirit um, when what it is is perhaps our preferences, our talents, some of our natural affinities kind of lining up in one area where it just makes sense to do something. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think it's I think calling is it's a much more categorical thing. Like we are called we are called to be a certain kind of person. We're mm-hmm. called to use gifts that God has given us. The direct application of that is, I think, is very rarely a specific calling. So mm-hmm. I think that there are people who can who can be called into vocational or pastoral ministry. But what kind of ministry at which particular church or organization? I don't think that's the specific calling. I think the calling is use the gifts God has given you in an area. So teaching, writing, preaching, business, whatever. So you can say, I'm, I'm called to use these gifts this way. But to say, I am called to this company is, that's a decision because there's most of the time. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm loath to paint with a broad brush and say, God never calls people to an organization. That would be false. I do think that most of the time that is a misunderstanding of we've been called to be a certain kind of thing and we have chosen where to apply that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I, but, but Big T, I mean, first off, I mean, dude, you are, you are the resident man of the cloth today because that was a sermon you just preached. Was, <laughs> oh, baby, you're too That was big. No, baby, that was big. Really, you're too I know. Hot. No, it was big, though. It was big, and I want you to know it was big because I'm telling you it was big. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. But um, but he's I know, actually but I, just he's actually just going to play this podcast at church <laughs> so that he doesn't yeah. have to preach one of these. Actually, times. my pastor just called and said he just asked me if I could just take it this Sunday. Right. Just and he's actually calling you into ministry. <laughs> I think is how that Dude, works. He's calling me as it were. You've, you've like, been right. you've been called to the pastorate, Ted. Ted, can you take every Sunday for the rest of the year? Would that be great for you? Would that work? That would <laughs> exactly, awesome. that would work for me. No, but I think what you said was good though, and I think it goes exactly in line with Pipe, which is just. The only thing we know we're for sure called to are things of which, you know, Christ commands us, you know, repentance and fruits of the spirit kind of stuff. But the other stuff is just I mean, it goes back to your boy, Katie, why Big T with his just Mm -hmm. do something book? You know, it's like it's just like, man, be wise, get good counsel, you know, make a decision, look at doors that kind of seem to be flopping open and just go, man, just roll, roll with it, do it. And uh, but don't but also don't use things like in other words, don't try to don't try to don't try to trick people into making something that it isn't. And also, going back to what you said, Pipe, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing if um, if, a, if a pastor needs to uh, move to another situation that's going to help him better provide for his family. It doesn't mean he's going to make, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to make a million dollars a year, but if that's something that's for the good of his family, he shouldn't be ashamed of that either, right? So. Yeah, and and it's or just like a better fit. A lot of times, fit, yeah. A lot of times we make job moves that are maybe somewhat lateral financially, but the organization, the direction of the organization, the culture of the organization. I mean, this is true in in publishing. It's true in the business world. You move to a place where you can thrive, 
Why can't a pastor do that? And I don't think we have to slap calling on it. The other thing, Ronnie, you just said is don't don't sort of try to try to trick people or put language on it to make it look like something it's not. I think a lot of times people are tricking themselves. Mm-hmm. They are they are self-justifying because if you can say that it's a calling, you then feel confidence in the decision you have made. If you say I chose it then rests a hundred percent on you whether or not that was the right move, and That's so true. it's it's a both and where you're persuading yourself, and then also you have the, this lovely byproduct of of nobody else can argue with you because God said. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a great point. I'll roll with that, boys. I want to go back to this uh, Mean Girls thing for a minute, man. I guess I'm just a little <laughs> bit hung up on that. I'm just kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> that's and, that's a very Mean Girls attitude to be obsessed with something like that. Oh, I know, I know. I want to know two things. One. Uh, from both of you gentlemen, uh, number one, have you seen the movie? Have you seen the picture? Did you see Mean Girls? No. I have not. I've seen clips, but not the whole thing. Yeah, okay. like, likewise. You haven't seen Mean Girls. Ron, you haven't seen it. Uh, no. I have seen it. Um, I've watched it. I watched it a while ago with KK. And so the, the, okay, so the, second, the second question isn't going to mean a whole lot um, in light of your answer to the first question. But you about to ask us which character are we or something? I was going to ask which character are you, Pipe? Have I gotten that predictable? I have, but it's not well, predictable. Baby, baby it's why don't you answer the question for us? Why yeah, you, you tell us because I would like you to describe us according to this movie because I, I, I couldn't answer. I know that I think Rachel McAdams was in it when she was like twenty-eight and played a sixteen-year-old. Uh, okay, so that's Ronnie because he's okay. like fifty-five, but he's trying to play like a thirty-one-year-old <laughs> in real life. Okay, so but but isn't she like awful. the lead mean person? You really are a mean guy. You really are a mean girl, Big T. <laughs> I know, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't don't use that joke. Resonate recording. Bump me up a decade or so, man. I appreciate that, man. I know, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, brutal. So, I, so I, I think Ron would be the Rachel McAdams. I don't think she was the lead one though. Wasn't Lindsay Lohan kind of the the lead one? I think Lindsay was the lead in that. That was before Rachel broke out. Who was the who was the one who was being persecuted by the mean ones? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I I've seen the movie, but I don't remember. Because that uh, would be the listeners. That would be the listeners, wouldn't it? <laughs> they, they are subject to our nastiness. None of us are the victim, you know. None of us are definitely the victim. No, I mean maybe the victims of our own success, but that's all. Maybe Lindsay Lohan was the one who was being sort of Oh yeah, Lindsay Lohan was the one that would that was being terrorized by by the mean girls, as it were. Which is there's there's some real irony in that. But uh, so given, that's the listener. Given their respective career paths, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the cast here. Pipe, I think you're the Tina Fey figure. You just, if, you, I will Sharon, I will I will accept any comparison to Tina Fey. I'm down with that. <laughs> then you're all the Tina Fey. I feel like if you were a chick, you would be Tina Fey. You know, I love it. That's yeah. that. I, that will I, I can I can absolutely work with that. I mean that as a compliment. I really do. Um, let me let me look through the rest of the cast here and see who I would be. Um, you know, Amy Poehler is in this. And again, I don't remember her role, but I would be comfortable being the Amy Poehler T or Tina Fey pipe. Yeah, no, that's both. Both are brilliant. Yeah. So both are yeah, brilliant. I, 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 w- are I would accept funny. either if you had if you had labeled me Amy Poehler, I would have been equally as uh, as as thrilled. So Gosh, good to know how flexible you are in this. Like if this whole like if we were chicks discussion, we've never had this before. <laughs> that's but. right. No, we we haven't done this. I, I think Ronnie might be feeling left out, and he's like, "Wait, I'm just the the highly successful actress who is, you know, 
playing somebody. Yeah, do you, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, I've, I've started in the notebook. I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm yeah, good. Oh, that's true. Nice you, you yeah. got the, you have the Nicholas Sparks credit. Good. Hey, I, you. I, you're right. And my, my, you know, my initials happen to be the same as Rachel McAdams, RM. So I'm, dude, I'm good. It's, I practically am her. You are her. <laughs> you're the male her. I literally am her. Yeah. Boys, I want to talk about something that is of equal, if not greater, cultural import <laughs> as Mean Girls, right? I want to talk about a celebrity who's every bit as, as much of a big deal, maybe bigger than Rachel McAdams. Okay, are you guys ready for this? No, no, I'm not. I want to talk about a great author, okay? I want to talk about a guy who's changing the world of, of American letters. And I want, to break, I want to break some news on this program. One ghostwriter at a time. We haven't done breaking news on this program before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cue up the breaking news music. So oh, yes. uh, this is me pressing buttons in my studio. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Boys. Uh, I love when you get a little vibrato on there. Big, yep. Beautiful. Just nails it every time. I just ripped this off the wire. Okay. Um, I have learned that one Timothy Tebow has won an Evangelical Christian Publishing Association. Am I getting that right, Pipe? ECPA? That's right. The ECPA Book of the Year Award. The coveted ECPA Book of the Year Award. Life-changing as it is. Um, has gone to one Timothy Tebow. So move over, David Foster Wallace and Don DeLillo and great men of American letters. Tim Tebow is uh, is in the house with his his newly minted book award. Now, you guys are both... Uh, you're both authors, you're, but we're all men of letters. We're all authors on this program. I want to know how it strikes you um, that great American quarterback Tim Tebow has won a coveted publishing award. Pipe, you go first. It <laughs> just sighed. <laughs> it says, well, in the, in the legacy of this particular award, um, you know, you mentioned David Foster Wallace and – Dom DeLillo and others, um, they don't win this award. People like Don Piper win this award for for people uh, like fake low key gone to heaven. Gary yeah. Chapman, yeah, Don Piper, yeah. I mean, Chapman should just win it every year because his books sell a billion copies. Um, Uncle Don, Uncle Don Piper, yeah, mm-hmm. he's the black sheep of the family. Um, <laughs> so i I have a, a handful of thoughts. Um, Without having read the book, I can already tell you that um, that it sucks. Yeah, it's just not any good. And <laughs> and uh, he either had a ghostwriter or it was a whiff, which means that somebody else did all of the taking Tim Tebow's like rambling, uh, inspirational stuff and putting it into paragraph form. Mm-hmm. And then an editor had the unenviable task of trying to turn that into readability. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it. I think it's just it, it is an effective litmus test as to the state of the Christian book market. So this 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 is not an award that goes to necessarily the the critically acclaimed book. This is not the Oscars because the Oscars usually go to like arty films. Even if yeah. there's another one that that even if there are others that are the uh, that are clearly you know the blockbusters. This is much more of a blockbuster award. So it's the one that it's the one that made the biggest splash and in the marketplace. And and on that front I'm like, well sure, Tim Tebow's going to make the biggest splash because for whatever reason people still like him. So and so so I did a little recon in my studio and uh, this book was whiffed by uh, a guy named AJ Gregory. Do we know this guy? Or do we know if it's a guy? Could be a woman. 
Ooh, interesting. It looks like this person has done a bunch of these kind of celebrity one-off uh, with with projects. He did one with uh, Daryl Strawberry, um, with Justin Bieber's mom. Dude, he did the Justin Bieber's mom book. I love it. Man, this guy, this yeah, boy, he really carved out his niche. He really did, man. I love this guy already. Um, I don't know. So he's he's done some stuff like this. I don't. It, it might be a woman though, Pipe. I'm a I'm a chauvinist pig to assume that AJ Gregory is a guy. On a completely unrelated note, I looked it up to see what Tim Tebow's middle name was. Mm-hmm. It's Richard. Timothy Richard Tebow. I think there's a little bit of irony that his middle name is Richard, but um, let's move on before we. Dude, AJ Gregory is a woman. I. I we're Dude, certain about this. And what's more, yeah, I'm looking at her right now, man. I'm looking at her on uh, on. Uh, I just Google. Uh, I just Googled AJ Gregory. Dude, she's a woman with like great '80s like poison music video hair. This is See, awesome. This is this a great is, development. That is awesome. It's also that's more bothersome to me that not that she's a woman, but that that she feels like she must go by her initials mm-hmm. uh, in the Christian publishing world instead of being Tim Tebow with what's her name like Annette or something. Annette. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I just said Annette, like I knew it, but I actually right. have no idea. Yeah, that's the first. It's the only A name I, that came to mind. You know, Amy. Um, Amy. I hope and, it's Amy. I like that but, better. Like, is that just because she is 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 the with writer with a bunch of well, I mean, Justin Bieber's mom is not a dude. Uh, I don't know. Like, why AJ? That feels like it feels like we're going back to like the P.D. James era here in terms of uh, women hiding behind pseudonyms or initials because of, because it's a chauvinistic industry or something. Dude, maybe maybe Christian publishing never left the P.D. James era. Do you think Tim Tebow knows it's a woman? <laughs> Do you think Tim Tebow ever actually talked to AJ Gregory? In the process of making this book, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Yeah, that that one was announced at a team meeting, like a, a publishing team meeting, and uh, <laughs> it was very hard to bite my tongue in there, so as to so as to be professional. Now, I pipe. I want to push you on that a little bit. When that's announced in your work context at a publishing team meeting, is there any sort of like? tongue-in-cheek at all from the guy doing the announcing is there any sort of like wink wink nudge nudge is there any kind of eye roll any any vibe in the room at all that acknowledges how funny this is yes yeah there is Good. now it depends on who's leading the meetings that the guy who's leading this meeting has a delightful sense of humor and mm-hmm. uh and so you know he said it with with sort of a half smile and then looked mm-hmm. directly at me almost as <laughs> if to to challenge my ability to keep my mouth shut um <laughs> and uh and then he, you know, he sort of shrugged and was like, well, it's not a classic. And then just sort of moved on. So it was like this very subtle, uh, this subtle jab. But but it wasn't like, a, are you kidding me? But yeah, there was it was sort of a collective eye roll around the room. Interesting. Interesting. Big R, what do you make of this? You're well, not a sports guy, yeah. so you, you're not as familiar with uh, with Tim Tebow. No, but I totally get it. I mean, I would say, number one, it's the least surprising thing in the world, especially when we're talking about the CBA, only because, you know, I mean, so where I, you know, the the the, uh, the industry I came from, I mean, Tim Tebow wins book of the year, just like DC Talk and Newsboys won, like, you know, album of the year every other year. I mean, it was just, it's always a farce. It's always a hoax. It has no, I mean, it has, it has no relative, you know, it has, it has no, uh, you know, it, it has no compatibility with what's actually like the the true 
best, the true work of art, you know, the, the, the product, the statement that, that mm-hmm. deserves, you know, that deserves the award. But uh, so, I mean, it's, it's like the least surprising thing ever. And it's always going to be this way because, um, you know, it, Christian industry is, it's always, it's always popularity based. And, and that's just the way, I mean, that's the way the general market works as well. But, um, but so, but, but, you know, expecting this to be any different when it just mirrors the general market in terms of, you know, Tebow's a, a name, you know, it, he, you know, he made a name for himself with uh, with the evangelical crowd. And so, of course, he's going to win book of the year. It's not based on the book. It's based on Tim, you know, just like, uh, you know, DC Talk, Jesus Freak winning album of the year. I mean, there, there were, you know, I'm still collectively sighing about that 20 years later. It's so ridiculous. You know, oh, I mean? OK, it's, let's rest on this one. Do you, is there another album in mind that you're like that should have won and it didn't? Well, you're going to make me. You're going to make me get arrogant right now, Pipe, so let's just yes, not go there. Yes, by all means, because we're mean girls, so that's what we do. Dude, right, no, I don't know. I mean, through the veneer of full modesty here. Let's, let's no, do no, I mean, I, I'm not, yeah. So Be I'll, I'll proud of my... your work. If you think your work was spectacular or a friend of yours, if it's not your work, then by all means, tout your work. No, I was, don't. Because it was 20 years ago. It was a long time ago. And, and well, you know, my last record was off four years ago. It wasn't that long ago. But um, no, no, no. The, I, meant, uh, I meant the one I meant Jesus Freak was. 20 well, years I ago. mean, the thing is, so I was on a label that had a lot of artists that came out that had, you know, that sold hundreds of records, not hundreds of thousands of records. Mm-hmm. And these were, you know, some of these records were just, you know, really, you know, critically acclaimed, you know, on a cult level. And but they're never going to get any play. Uh, in terms of the Dove Awards or the CBA or anything like that, you know. So again, it's like, what do you do with that? It's just it kind of plays out the same way, you know. It, it's not, you know, you know, Lemonade was not the best record of the year and didn't even get voted anyway. But you know what I mean. But like, it's like just because it's Beyonce doesn't mean it's the best record of the year. It's because she's Beyonce, and sure. it just gets us into all of those kinds of conversations. You know what I mean? But it's because it's it's sales. And it's the it's the thing that grabbed the most attention. So it's almost like they're forced they're forced to acknowledge it. It's on an artistic level, even if it doesn't even even if it doesn't deserve it. You know, so that's the way it is. I mean, that's the way it is. So you sound you sound uh, sort of resigned to your fate on this. Well, it is what I mean. There's just I mean, dude, there's no fighting it, man. That's like. Like, here's the thing, like if you if you put out a book and it sells less, you know, like you put out a book and you're expecting to get some props compared with a guy that like, you know, has the, you know, the, the you know, ha- has the, the kind of, you know, cachet with the, the people that Tebow has. It's it's just not going to go. It's not going to go good. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I too am resigned to my fate that I'm never going to win a uh, an, <laughs> an ECPA book of the year board. Maybe I should try to make Major League Baseball like Tebow did just to, to see if I can drum up some interest in my totally unrelated written works. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's the path, Pipe. I think if you could just get if you could just get into the NFL somehow, then your book would sell. I think I think that's the moral of the story right now, Big T. If we can just all get into the NFL, then our books would sell. Guys, I agree, and I think you know we've been going about this all wrong. In that, the three of us need to get into the gym. Uh, we need we need to hire personal trainers, and we need to get we need to get the three of us into the NFL. I feel why, like, yeah. Why did we think we could write a book and mm-hmm. have it actually sell copies without first stepping into the NFL? I mean, that's it was hubris. It was, it was Ron. It was good old fashioned pride. And let me be the first to say I I confess that. Were you uh, called? Were you called to confess? It was silly of me to think 
that we could that we could succeed in this industry without having first played in the NFL. So I'm chastened, and uh, I look forward to the to the kind of training that will that will put us on the field in the fall, um, so that we can start working on our next book. This is this is a good thing. This is a good development, guys. Are there are so there right, any equivalents so like, to playing so, in the right. NFL that maybe won't like damage our brains? Um, you know, like is is there any other is there any other path to fame that it could be equally as difficult, but maybe not as injurious to uh, one's I, listen, health? I, I I'm just going to ask you the simple question: How bad do you want to sell books? Because yeah, it's a fair question. if you really want to do this, your your brain is the least of our concerns. Okay, the books will well, get crappier; they'll get worse. And, and what I'm saying is, you need to be okay with that. But I could, but I could have like I could write it like with Jared C. Wilson, um, and then and then it wouldn't be as terrible because my brain would be gone, but he could do the actual writing. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to use words like injurious and that other word that you used earlier in the program. Excurses. Excurses. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, Big T. That's the thing. See, uh, Pipe has something we don't have, and that's called a vocabulary. And when he uses words like injurious, see where see where his mind goes. His mind goes to, oh no, if I play NFL football mm-hmm. then i'm not gonna be able to, i'm not gonna have those words just come out just so delicately and effortlessly and artistically onto the page you got to understand his concerns baby baby i do i do this is a complicated issue this is not what? something that, that we can easily suss out here in just a few minutes um our various nfl careers uh are complicated all right um there's going to be a lot flying at us that, that we're not used to so uh I, I just, boys, I just hope you're ready for what's about to happen in our lives. It's going to be huge. And we I mean, won't remember, and we won't remember any of it. That's right. Because we'll be brain damaged. That's right. But it doesn't matter because we're going to sell books. That's, right. not the, that's what we're really, let's get back to what we're really talking about. We're going to, Ron, we're going to sell books and we're going to so, do our Sorry, platform. I deflected from the issue at hand. My bad. My bad. <laughs> don't deflect, Pipe. Don't, don't get us off topic, man. Um, we're because we're we're on this thing. Don't but get us know, off topic. This is starting to feel like mind, a community I'm already group. in the NFL. You know what I mean? I've already played four games. I'm doing six, pretty well. Six games. Six games. You know what? Six days. Six games. <laughs> Boys, um, we have done what we always do on this program, uh, which is to wander to and fro. And uh, I appreciate it. This was fun for me. Um, I, you know what? I'm not going to talk about coffee for three minutes today. Get yourself some Happy Rant Signature Blend coffee. Uh, go to happyrantpodcast.com. Um, enjoy some Hector Lagars, Lagars Roasters coffee. And let me just say thank you to the people who already have. Um, there's been an outpouring of affection from our fan base to Hector. Um, I, Boys, you know what? I have some more breaking news. Um, Hector is actually getting on a plane soon and going to Puerto Rico where he will personally inspect – uh, the coffee beans that he'll be roasting. Um, so that was not a joke. That's a real thing that's come true. Maybe Hector's next book will win. Hector is actually in conversations with AJ. Uh, what did I say? What's her name? AJ. AJ. Just Annette. Oh, okay. Annette and Hector had been talking, and there's a book in the works. That's all I'm going to say about it. All right? I'm not going to say more because I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about us. I want to talk about our book and our books in our NFL careers. Um, and until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. 
If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.